0: Bali was our last hurrah. And as soon as the gentleman came to pick us up at the airport, he had a beautiful wash rag that was smelled like, I don't know, it was delicious. Because you're hot and sweaty from yeah. traveling and stuff. And I just remember putting it on my face and I started crying and I couldn't stop crying. The place felt so familiar to me. It, it felt so much like Nepal.
1: Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 103 of the Kamano Voice. Today, I speak with the author of The Dream Tree. Please welcome, Bridget Adkins. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Kamano Voice podcast, where I interview folks around Kamano Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. Today, I speak with the author of the Dream Tree, uh, which is a children's book, uh, and her name is Bridget Atkins. Um, so, I got connected with her because we uh, Lydia uh, from previous podcasts, uh, had gotten a hold of her to carry her book upstairs in the loft, and so she was like, "Hey, you know, you have why don't you?" interview her for the podcast so um, we reached out and got in touch with each other and when I first got in touch with Bridget she was uh, very nervous she was like I've never done a podcast before and I don't know how it's gonna go and I was like oh you'll be fine and we we sat down to do the podcast and she was great um didn't have any nervousness whatsoever um, and, uh, so anyways, had a great conversation with her. Um, she's done a lot of world traveling and not just travel where, you know, you go and visit and you have a fun time, but was actually living in, uh, uh three other countries for at least two years. And so, um, you get to hear about that in the background of kind of travel. Um, and, and we kind of get into a little bit of what that's like for people. Um, why that changes people. Um, what are the things you learn from traveling and stuff like that? And um, and more than just traveling, but actually living with people in other cultures and stuff. So um, really interesting to, to hear her, uh, her background on that. Um, and this will be a two-part episode. So this episode, we're going to get to a lot more of her background and, and why she is and who she is the way she is. Um, and next week, we'll come back and we'll talk more about the book itself. So uh, without further ado, here's my conversation with Bridget Adkins. Hey Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Commando Voice. Today, I'm here with the author of the Dream Tree. Welcome to the podcast, Bridget Atkins.
0: Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this.
1: Yeah, thanks for joining me. So, before we get started, tell us a little bit about Bridget.
0: A little bit about Bridget. Well, do you want to, you know, know the whole story, or yeah, just, let's get okay. into it. All right. So, well, my name is Bridget, and I grew up on the same street my whole entire life. Um, I grew up in Bothell, Washington, okay. and Royal End Road was my street. I lived in a little rambler. Um, my parents bought that way back when Bothell was just a little country. Um, mm-hmm. There wasn't really much there, and they moved from Seattle to, you know, from the big city to the country, so yep. that was a big deal for <laughs> the family. Um, and then when I was five, I made the biggest move was across the street. Okay. And my parents had purchased the property around the big house, which is the tri-level. So I lived in the Rambler until I was five and then moved across the street, had the property. It was about eight acres. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was a little mini farm. Wow. And
1: that's was, crazy in yeah, Bothell, because like, you can't
0: find that now. <laughs> no, you can't. And that road has changed a lot through the years, too. They you know, have expanded. There's development and stuff that's going on there. But um, my sister and I had the opportunity to go drive down Rylan Road um, not too long ago and uh, walk through the house. And, oh, my goodness, that house has so many amazing memories. So great childhood home. Nice. Yeah.
1: Very cool. So then uh, went to school and were you in the uh, I, or I went system?
0: to elementary school junior high and high school in the same district North Shore School District graduated from Bothell High School um, I didn't go to college I just really didn't know what I wanted to do in life yeah. I, I, the only thing that I knew that I wanted to do was be a wife and a mom okay so um, I actually met my husband in junior high okay and he was the new kid on the block and you know I've gone to school with all these kids, all my life, and then yeah. this new kid shows up, and he's got these amazing green eyes. <laughs> and the first time I saw him, I'm like, I'm going to marry that boy. <laughs> I know, it's kind of crazy. Um, so anyway, he didn't know I existed, and then we he found out that I liked him. And it's such a junior high little story, oh. isn't it? <laughs> he asked me to go with him at the mixer um, just before Christmas, and we went with each other. Okay, That's what the term was called back then. Yep, And basically it meant holding hands and making out in the halls. I mean, right? <laughs> so um, anyway, we went with each other for about six months. I broke up with him. We became best friends um, in high school. We went to high school together, dated different people, and then ended up just our friendship grew into a relationship, and we started dating the end of our Junior year, and this July we'll be celebrating our
1: thirty-fourth anniversary. Oh, very cool! Congratulations! Thanks, thanks. So, what? How old were you guys when you got married then? We were twenty. Okay, nice. That's when uh, we were married. That's the age I was when my wife and I got married. Twenty,
0: and then we had our um, oldest daughter when we were twenty-two, and then we have twins when we were twenty-four. Really?
1: Yeah. Okay. We're flipped of that, but we started with twins. uh, Oh my gosh! That's so cool. And then we had. uh, a year and a half later, we had our son, so twins are gals.
0: Uh-huh. Uh,
1: then, a year and a half later, we had our son, and then uh, then we also have a five year old son as well. Wow. So, we've got 10, 8, and 5 right now. That's
0: great. So Yeah, we had um, we had um, our oldest daughter, Megan, and then she was a year, we went to Hawaii, and that was my, my husband's first teaching job. And then we got pregnant with the twins in Hawaii. <laughs> and that was like, whoa, you know, a Christmas present to our parents was, guess what? We're pregnant with our second. Yay. And then New Year's, we, we called them and said, guess what? <laughs> We're pregnant with <We're> twins. <laughs> so we decided we needed to come back home yeah. and um, just kind of found our home in Bellingham.
1: Nice. How was that for you guys? Because I know um, starting with twins is different than getting twins as your second or your, whatever, wherever they end up falling. Because yeah. you get your first kid, you're learning to be a parent, you're getting all that. How you kind of know what to do. <laughs> yeah, how did how did that go? Like with the first and then transition to three?
0: Um, we call it the Insta family.
1: <laughs> just add water?
0: Yeah, just add water. Uh, it's funny because when we came home, I was great with children. Um, literally, they our twins were 8, 10, and 7 too. So... <clears throat> Um, they came out as toddlers, and i don 't really remember that first year of life. Mm-hmm. you know you 're just in complete yes. survival mode, yep. feeding and diaper changing and, and all of no that. Sleep. And then I have this little you know two year old running around who's full of energy and life, and um, you just you just survive and I remember going to the doctor 's office and crying at my doctor, Dr. Gavresky. And just like in tears going, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. And he says, you're surviving and it's going to be okay. I just needed to hear that little, like it's a normal kind of a thing that yes. we don't come with instructions when no. we have children. And so we just kind of have to go with the flow. You don't sleep, you don't eat. Yep. <laughs> and you're just more focused on making sure that their life is... Um, Taken care of. Right. So, yeah, it was a juggle. Um, my signature that you see in my books that I'm signing, it looks like a scribble. And it's true because I had three kids in a checkout stand. And that's when we wrote checks back then. And it was just like, I got to go. So <laughs> that's kind of, you know, you, ju- you, you juggle, you survive, and you nurture your relationship to yes. the one that you're married to. <laughs> yes. In the meantime.
1: Yes. No, for sure. And that, that I think, um, I do think that's a really important thing. I think our society seems to somewhat be moving in the direction of making that a little bit more normalized. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we have gone through that time period, my parents, um, uh, and and older, where it's like they the women are kind of just suffering and silent, like they're just supposed yeah. to deal with it and figure it out yeah, and yeah. get through it. Exactly. Um, and I think there's more support now for moms of just like, no, it's hard. Like it's, it's not just all fun and cute babies and everything. Like right. there's sleepless nights. Work. You're starved. You can't eat enough because you're nursing, and especially with twins. It's yeah,
0: exactly. A different ball game. Yeah, it was great for my twins because we I was able to. Um, nurse them for a certain amount of time, and then they were on a bottle, and so then my husband was able to bond, and we had more hands, because when you have three toddlers running around, yep. or three babies, or yeah. children under two, yep. y- we need more hands. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a juggle.
1: Yes, for sure. <laughs> we were, yeah, we, we went through all of that as well, at the, just figuring all that out, and then we figured, we've had three kids under two, Yes. we can handle anything. And then we had our fourth, and <laughs> he was, like, we always feel like he was more difficult than the other three combined.
0: My parents say the same thing about me. <laughs> my mom always said, Bridgie, if you were the first, you would be the last. <laughs> and I'm like, what does that mean? But, yeah, I, I really took my mom through. I, I added a lot of gray hairs to her head. Yes. I'll just say that much.
1: Yeah. all right very cool must be
0: something to do with the youngest child thing
1: it there's some of that i think there's a a little bit of the humbling aspect of like you know god just doesn't want us to get too high on our horses yeah like i got it and then it's like no (laughs) no
0: we're gonna give you something else here yeah (laughs)
1: yeah so very cool all right so then you're going through the you know with kids and surviving all of that um yeah As you kind of come out of that, did you just stay basically stay at home um, as a homemaker throughout their entire childhood?
0: Yeah, I uh, was a homemaker, uh, loved being home with the kids. Um, I did have other kids come into my house. I did house, I did childcare um, at different times. Okay. I dabbled in Tupperware just (laughs) to get out of the house. I did Mary Kay for six years to get out of the house and grow. Uh, And then I worked at an office and was a front person at an office when the kids were a little older in school. Um, So then, then it was, that's kind of where I was. And then my husband and I jumped overseas after the kids graduated and um, was in the school system and international schools. And so I was able to do a lot of clerical work and admissions and all that kind of fun stuff. Nice. So, yeah. It was so, great. how did you
1: guys get? Um, first of all, I guess was that a plan? As the kids were kind of coming to an end, and you knew they were moving out, was that something you guys were looking forward, like ahead to? Yeah, we uh,
0: when we went to Kauai, I think that was our first step of getting out of the norm of what we're used to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up on the same street all my life, <laughs> and then the next move was my husband moved me to Bellingham when we were first married, and so that was huge. That was a huge difference, mm-hmm. you know, going from Bothell, Washington to Bellingham, Washington. I know it's not very far, but it was far. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I worked um, at a pharmaceutical DME um, office when we first got married, and my husband was going to school, getting his teaching certificate, um, teaching degree, <laughs> and then we, you know, started raising our family and whatnot, and we... His first job, he got the call to interview for Hawaii. He had sent out a whole bunch of applications yeah. everywhere in Washington State. And so this is before cell phones. It's before, you know, our communication was completely different back then. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're scrambling to try to make this interview and have his resume all ready and everything. He basically gets offered the job, and Kauai was his first, you know, job. Since then, we came home we always had that travel bug in us to go explore the world. We just, we just wanted to explore. And I remember when I would meet people that had traveled to different places like Europe and, you know, Southeast, Southeast Asia and, you know, Ireland. And I'm like, wow, that was so incredible. Tell me about it. I want to hear more. I want to hear more. Mm -hmm. What did it smell like? What, what, what kind of food did you eat? What was the weather like? What was, you know, so I always had questions and, when our kids were growing up, I grew up on the same street all my life. My husband kind of bounced around a little bit because of his dad's job. Um, he would move to different places. And so he had different elementary, middle school that he went to. And so when we came together as, in our partnership as parents, we wanted to stay planted, yeah. stay rooted. Mm-hmm. And that was really important to both of us. So, yeah. yes, we had the travel bug. We also wanted to go, and my husband was always looking at opportunities through international schools. We had friends that had gone to different places and yeah. loved to hear their stories. And he brought up this is our um, twins senior year. and Meg was our oldest daughter was working and going to school and um, Calvin and Katie were graduating, super excited. We're almost to the finish line of graduation. We're almost there, babe. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so the Cayman Islands came up in the International that there was an opening. Okay. And I'm like, huh, Cayman Islands, that sounds really interesting. Tell me a little bit more about it. So he shared shared more and more information. I'm like, okay, I could probably go for that. And, of course, then, you know, that lit the fire of, like, okay, we're going to go. And then I went, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We need to slow down. we got to get the kids out of the house. Like, <laughs> we got to get them graduated. Because I know that once we make this decision to go overseas, yep. it's going to be like a, a vortex and we're going to get sucked in and, and we're going to be – too much time and energy is going to be wrapped around yep. that. So we got them graduated. And, honest to goodness, <laughs> the next November we were interviewing – and got our first post in Kathmandu, Nepal. Okay. So, yeah. Then we jumped to Nepal for two years. Nice. And then we jumped to uh, Tunis, Tunisia for two years. And then Singapore for
1: two years. Okay. Yeah. So what was Nepal like for you guys?
0: Nepal. Oh, my goodness. Ah. Life-changing. It it changed us. Um, it... <laughs> a friend of mine said it's kind of like a crowbar to the brain. It's going to just take everything that you ever imagine of what you know and throw it out the window, because okay. it is a place like no other. And I get really emotional talking about it because um, the 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 people are so absolutely loving and kind, um, helpful. Um, I just we just felt so embraced. And my husband had never traveled overseas. Or, okay. And I did. I had gone to Trinidad and Barbados um, area when I was a younger child. So leaving the country and, you know, experiencing having a passport and stuff, that was, that was kind of natural to me. And when we stepped foot out of the airport, <laughs> I'll never forget Marty's face. He was just like, oh, my gosh, where are we? What have we done? <laughs> and I was like, I just kind of went way back it to sixth grade, and I knew exactly what to do. It was like, okay, we got to go, we got to do this, and so we switched roles. He's always been, you know, ahead of me, and I feel safe when he's ahead. Yep. And this is where we switched roles, and I was like, okay, babe, I got you. Let's go. Here's the van. He, we need to do this. And um, anyway, it's you know, when you step out, it's complete chaos, but yep. it's it's an it's an organized, interesting chaos that um you find to navigate yourself through. Yeah. So um and another friend of mine had said too like your your brain you you know the street goes this way and a street goes this way and there's you know straight, right, left everything. No, it's curvy and it's swervy and your brain is learning how to navigate that way. Yeah. In in a you know a different culture. I cried when we were flying in to Nepal, because I felt like you're going to a land like you've never been to before, yeah. And seeing little teeny tiny houses on the hillsides as you're flying in, I completely lost it, absolutely lost it. Going, <laughs> wow, can't believe this is happening. So it was good. It was very hard, yeah, and it was very good, yeah. And you have so many senses that, um. You're rediscovering, you know, something you walk by is just like, oh, what is that? Oh, that smells good. Oh, that does not. <laughs> yeah. Um, So many colors, so many um, bells ringing. Um, yeah, it just, it made a huge impression on us and we'll never be the same. Yeah. And it was a huge impression for the positive.
1: Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Um, And then when you were, I guess when you were living there, was it... Um, were you guys like in the city area or were you out rural?
0: Yeah, well, we we were in. You know, Kathmandu is very densely populated, mm-hmm. so we were we were about an eight minute walk from our school, which was Lincoln School, um, American School, and uh, we would just walk through the paths from our house. We had beautiful, wonderful, gracious landlords, um, and we lived in the two floors upstairs. They they lived in the basement, and they were
1: fantastic um
0: beautiful people so nice yeah
1: Yeah. very cool we um i've I've done some travel mainly central america um Mm -hmm. but uh there was a point where we got to actually the whole family got to go down uh including our youngest um we flew down with our four kids down to uh antigua guatemala Ah. um and we got to live there for i think two and a half weeks Mm -hmm. uh living out of a house of one of the guys uh Uh, a businessman that we were doing work with. Um, So he had a house. He's like, you guys just live out of that. And then... um, Nice. And so we would walk down to Antigua. And it's... I mean, just when you're in different cultures, you get to... You see different... Obviously, you see the differences, stuff like that. One thing I feel like in the... um, Kind of Central American, a lot of the culture there, is you do get this... People are still busy. They're hard workers. But Mm -hmm. they they're not in this rush there's not an exactly. extreme hustle of like exactly. I do this, this 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 like like we just would walk downtown to go to the shops and go to yeah. the, get our groceries and stuff and we would just walk downtown and do that mm-hmm. and come back and um you just see people that are living life but they're they're not in this rush to get to the next place exactly. they're walking and they'll have these conversations with people and yeah. relationships and like relationships and people are more important than getting a job done Absolutely, or whatever, which can be difficult if you're you're going down for like because we I was working with them and we would come down like okay we got a week and like all I have to get done it for this trip so like let's line up some things let's line up the we get there day one and they're like okay no that sounds good I think yeah we'll get started on that and we're like no, we were hoping these were ready, like, now. (laughs) And so it took half of our trip for them to be like, okay, tomorrow I think this person will reach back out to us and then we can meet with them the next day. And we're like, oh, my word. So, like, from a business perspective, you're like, we're not getting anywhere. yeah. But from a cultural standpoint, they're, they're about the relationships and things like that. And time doesn't really matter to them.
0: Exactly. I completely agree. Relationship is very important and, um, authentic relationship Mm -hmm. and, and, um, embracing that I think was the most joyous part of being there Yeah, and the simplicity of life. Yeah. You know, in in not taking things for granted. That it really strips you of like I said everything that you know back here yeah. at home is you don't take that with you. You yeah. have to just go be raw and be ready to receive whatever is going to be being taught to you. Yeah. And I think that was having our openness, open mind, open heart um was the best thing that we could have done. Cause you can come in with a, you know, an attitude, Yeah. but if you don't have that grace in your heart to be genuine and say, I want to learn from you, yeah. um, then your whole experience is going to be different. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that, you know, we were humbled all the time when we're trying to learn Nepali little, little bit of Nepali, um, conversational, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have Nepalese who are wanting to speak English with you and, and they're saying, um, it's not, it's not very good. It's not very good. I'm more going, um, it's way better than what we're doing (laughs) with your language because we're struggling and you're doing fantastic. So just encouraging them and, and loving on them and, um, just learning the culture. And we, we got to experience a lot of, um, beautiful, um, opportunities, with, um, our Nepali friends and, and call them family. Nice. Yeah.
1: Cool. So then, uh, how did the wrap up there go and moving to Tunisia?
0: Uh, we, we, we would have stayed longer in, in Nepal. Um, it's, it, Nepal is a very unique place on the planet. Um, it can eat you up. <laughs> um, and you can, and, and you need to go home because it's, it's like I said, it hits you in a whole, all different ways mm. in your senses and um, mind, heart, and body. Um, and I think that it was a, the right amount of time for us to be there. Um, will we go back again someday? I hope so. Yeah. I really do. Um, I would love to go visit our um, friends and, and family there yeah. um, and visit the school, and we've sent people who have gone, um, friends that have visited, we've you know been able to connect them with people. Um, my husband interviewed for Tunisia um, at ACST, American Cooperative School of Tunis, Tunisia, and um, was a math teacher there. So we jumped from Nepal, said our goodbyes, which was, ah, it was so hard to say goodbye. It was so emotional. Um, and then... We went to Tunisia, and that was a completely different climate, completely different culture. You're on the Mediterranean. Our house had a, a rooftop that we could look out at, at the Mediterranean. My parents had planned a trip to come on a cruise ship at one time, and, and I could see the cruise ships come in, and um, unfortunately the weather was not cooperating, and so they had to you know, go on up to Italy.
1: Okay.
0: Um, the great thing about that, the school was fantastic. Um. The community of the school was wonderful. It was hard also um, because um, our school was attacked during, uh, it was after Benghazi, and so there was a lot of, um, the the spring happened. um, So there was a lot of different emotions, completely different experience being there, um, but you find community in your people, and yeah. um, you find safety and um, shelter with those that will surround you and support you. So uh, we did different he, – he taught math, and I did um, a couple of different um, jobs there. Uh, and the one nice thing about living in Tunisia is you're just a hop from Europe.
1: Yeah.
0: And so we would be able to take an hour flight to Italy – Nice. And be able to explore. So we had a wonderful opportunity of exploring all of um, different parts of Europe. The other thing about when we jumped overseas, our kids did too. So, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, our daughter was in Germany, our other daughter was in Switzerland, <coughs> and our, other, our son was in Thailand. So when we had jumped to different places, it was kind of like we were all circling the globe together and yeah. we would find our meeting place in an airport with long hugs and lots of tears and um and we didn't take things for granted either we just you know wanted to really embrace that time that yeah. we had and then we would phew, go off into our other directions yeah. so yeah so we were in tunis for two years and we lived in a little city called city busaid which is right um above um Carthage or Carthage. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it was, you know, it was a, a very interesting experience there. Yeah,
1: Nice. So yeah. then um, I'm assuming the attacks and stuff kind of is what prompted you to move on again then. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of drew you guys to Singapore?
0: Um, Singapore was our next jump, and, again, he was teaching math with the team, and I worked in the admissions office. Mm-hmm uh And it was a great transitional place for us, you know every time you move, no matter where you are, it could be across the street <laughs> yeah um there's a transition,
1: yeah
0: and transition can be hard um when you're living overseas and you're you have the year coming in and the year coming out you don't have that you're either coming or you're going, yeah, and you know if we stayed a third year sometime, I feel like we probably could have had a little bit more. Um, you have a year to like completely live before yeah. you're, you're heading out again. But Singapore, that <laughs> was a great landing place for us because we come from Nepal, which, you know, shaped and molded us in different ways and um, opened our mind, heart, and body in different spaces. And then you moved to Tunisia and a, a different different environment. And coming to Singapore was a safety zone, I think, for us, um, where I felt, as a woman, more liberated to go out and about. Um, it's very, very safe in Singapore, yeah. um, very yeah. safe, very clean, um, and so I remember jumping on the train one time to go meet some girlfriends for a movie night at one of the parks, and it was quite a little train ride from yeah. um, our house, and I said, okay, babe, I'm on my way, I love you. Walked to the train station, jumped on, and here I am. I have to make all these different exchanges. I came home. It must have been after 10 o'clock at night, you know, 11, by myself in the dark. And I walked in the door, and I'm like, I did it. I actually <laughs> did it all by myself. And I never would have felt comfortable doing that in in. The previous location that we were, yeah, in Nepal, i I felt fine doing that because you know, everybody's kind of looking out for you, but, um yeah, it was just different. It was, a, it was a safe place for us to be, um a good grounding place. And then we had known that, okay, we're ready to come home, yeah, and my husband's um, father was um, pretty ill at that time, and that was our that was our sign that yeah. it's time to go, yeah, so we um, packed our stuff up and headed back north. Okay. Yep.
1: Nice. We uh, we have, I think it's next year, we have a trip planned. Um, our friends of ours are going to be uh, missionaries in Papua. Uh, not not Papua New Guinea, but the other okay. side. Okay. Um, but they've got language training and so we're going to meet them uh, and that is in Java. Okay. And I think we're going to meet them. Th- theirs is going to wrap up near the end of that. So we're going to meet them in uh, Bali, I think.
0: Oh, but Bali. we're going
1: to stop in Singapore. And so cool. my wife has been doing all the research of that. Oh, that's wonderful. You can have up to a, like, 40-hour layover. Um, so we're going to try and get there, sleep in the like, little hotel pods, and yeah. then spend as much of that 40 hours as we can running around, seeing things, and then jump on the plane and <laughs> continue. Yeah,
0: on. that's great. Um, that's great. Wonderful places to visit. Bali was our last, because we had <coughs> opportunities to jump to different um Places on the globe while okay. we were overseas. And Bali was our last hurrah. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the gentleman came to pick us up at the airport, he had a beautiful wash rag that was smelled like, I don't know, it was delicious. Because you're hot and sweaty from yeah. traveling and stuff. And I just remember putting it on my face, and I started crying. And I couldn't stop crying. The place felt so familiar to me. It, it felt so much like Nepal, that mm-hmm. as we're driving through the cities and the, the small roads and the temples and, and everything around, I, I I literally couldn't stop crying. And yeah. my husband just held on to me, held my hand. I'm just like, I don't know where this is coming from. I just can't stop. Mm-hmm. So it was a really beautiful end to our, um, our travels overseas. Not that it's the end because we're going again, but we just don't know where. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. You're going to have a great time.
1: Nice.
0: Great time. And your 40-hour layover, is that in Singapore? Yes. Okay. Yes, lots of things to see.
1: Yeah, but our bait. big thing is like there's that the food area that they have there. Um, it's like a street food uh-huh. the hawker area. stands. Yes. yes, so we want uh-huh. to go try and make it there because um, uh, good food. Yeah, it looked well. We saw Crazy Rich Asians and they have that in the movie. Oh
0: my gosh, that is the most hilarious, funny, awesome movie. Yeah. we we loved watching that. It was really fun to yeah. revisit that. We used to run around the Marina Bay Sands where okay. the Merlion is, and we would stop at Starbucks with our friends and, and have our little coffee and, and then go on our way. That was our Sunday running club. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah. So, we're looking forward to it. it should be You'll
0: good. have a You'll have a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. So, all right. So, then you guys got back to the States. Yep. Um, what kind of happened when you guys got back in? I mean, I know that's always a really difficult transition of mm-hmm. coming back and getting back in the swing of things because... Mm-hmm. Again, we're we're in this rush culture where you yeah. don't stop, and yeah. you, you're always kind of stressed, and you don't know why. <laughs> so how was that? Uh,
0: I would have to say coming home was the hardest transition for me. Uh, my mm-hmm. husband had um, you know been a math teacher for well, a gajillion years, <laughs> 20 odd years. Um, and he came back as assistant principal. So he was getting his admin, um, uh, certificate then when we were overseas as well as teaching and coming home, I really didn't know where to put my feet. I could not find my footing. Um, what helped through the process when we were overseas in preparation is writing. And I think that's where this this whole story comes in of writing a children's story is blogging. And I would just get my thoughts out. And um, I'm a horrible writer when it comes to writing on paper because my handwriting's messy. <laughs> I'm always misspelling words. Um, and so that, that frustrates me. And so I would rather type. And yeah. typing, my fingers fly. I can I can... Blah, 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 blah. It just comes right out naturally. Yeah. So when I was blogging, um, we shared our experience of um, Nepal and overseas, and, and that was a good process. Yeah. And so when we were in Tunisia, I didn't write much because I think that you're in a, a state of protection. That's where I kind of felt like that's where I was at, is yeah. protecting ourselves. And um, and then when we went to Singapore, it was... Um everything is like so big and so fast and it's just a different way of life. Yep. So coming home, I didn't know how to function. Yeah. <laughs> I know it sounds yeah. kind of funny, but because everything's so familiar, your family's here, your friends are here, and they've been here the whole entire time you've right. been gone. Yep. And you have all these experiences that you've had and you don't know who you can share that with. Because yeah. there's some people that really want to know what was that like. Like I was that person when a friend was going overseas to do something. Yeah, I wanted to know. Tell me more. Tell me more. <clears throat> and there's some people where you see the eyes glaze over and they're like,
1: I don't know what you're, I yeah. don't know what you're saying. <laughs> well, I think part of that is the people that have traveled, or I mean, there's people that have the desire to travel. But I do think it's something that people that do travel, they are more interested because they understand that. Like even even. For me, like traveling to Central America, it's completely different than traveling to Asia, yes but I understand very much. that there is a cultural difference, there is a yeah. feeling that you get when you come back to the states mm-hmm. and you have to deal with a lot of stuff yeah. you deal with you finally see your culture uh, not as the norm mm-hmm. um, and that people live perfectly happy lives in different ways, mm-hmm. um, and that all of those are okay yeah um, but you. Personally, have to struggle with all that because you're like, well, I lived like this. I lived yeah. with those people. Those that's how I lived, mm-hmm. and now you're trying to retransition into this chaotic, stressful environment that mm-hmm. we call America. And I do think there's just that there's that transition. It's really difficult. Yeah.
0: It's the go go go. And you know, my husband he hit the ground running, which was great. Uh, and then for me, just just taking the time to help to process everything. Um, And writing was kind of a a good therapy for me Mm -hmm. because then I started writing again and writing what it was to transition back to home, my homeland. Um, And and who are my people? I think that was like, because life has changed since you were gone. And that was a little bit, I I remember my 50th birthday and, and me having that, Ah, and then my husband and kids organized a surprise party, and all these people were surrounding me, and I was super emotional because yeah. they're here. They've been here the whole time. It's just trying to navigate um, what that looks like. Yeah, it's kind of hard to explain.
1: It is. Yeah, I, um,
0: you can't really articulate it very no. well.
1: Um, but it makes, and, and it, it's what makes it. I mean, one, even more difficult, frustrating at times. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. No, I definitely, I've, I've gone through that mm-hmm. to small degrees mm-hmm. at different points.
0: And I and I have a, I was able to get a job, and my dear friend, Cindy, she has a tax and accounting office up in Blaine, just so you know. Um, I was hired on there as uh, her assistant. And that was really good for me too, to just, like, get back into the swing of things, get yeah. back to connection, get back to people, <clears throat> And doing what I love, I'm I'm a natural extrovert, yeah. right? And so um, having that, oh, people, yay, people, I can talk. And, and when people come in uh, that live overseas or had done some traveling, it was a great opportunity to share our stories together. And we all have our stories. So yeah. it's just kind of fun to be able to to share that. And that kind of helped me get out of that where am I Yeah, <laughs> kind of place. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, a big thank you to Bridget Atkins for joining me on the podcast today. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us be found by other Islanders like yourself. And for more information on this episode, you can go to com slash podcast. That's com slash podcast. Thanks for listening and come back next week for part two.